You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. When we last left off, Sergio and Lucho had had a fight because... Sergio was teasing Lucho about the fact that his girl was stolen by a lottery ticket sales girl. And of course, Lucho, being a hothead that he is, cannot control his temper. Now we cut to Jules and Val. They're still in that other house. The valet house. And... Valentina is drinking, and that is a recurring motif when things go wrong in her life. And meeting Juliana kind of tempered that, and she found like other healthier outlets and was very excited about things. But this is kind of beyond the scope of what she knows how to deal with. So she is sitting on the ground, and she just has, you know, a bottle of tequila next to her that Juliana comes and kind of takes away. And Jules says to Val, maybe this is just proof that the what we're doing is crazy and we should stop. So she's kind of testing the room a little bit here. And Val says... Yeah, that she's never felt this happy in her life. But yeah, you're to your point, you're exactly right. Juliana, who hasn't been kind of the, the pusher in this relationship, she's kind of using like a psychology tactic on Val where she's like, you know, yeah, you're right. Like reverse psychology. That's what it's called. She's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like this is, this is too hard. We should just forget this ever happened. And she's not being sarcastic. She's like you said, testing the waters, but you know, Valentina is, is very sweet, very honest with her feelings and says that she's never felt anything like this. This is the best thing that's ever happened in her life. And she doesn't want to give that up. So they're having this really kind of difficult moment. And I think that there's, they do a really good job in this scene of weaving in maturity and emotional immaturity at the same time. You know, they don't know what to do, but they're having the conversation. And it's just, it's heartbreaking because they love one another, but they know that things are going to get a lot, you know, worse before they get better and they need to decide if this is the course that they want to stay on. This scene, just incidentally, is beautifully blocked and fascinatingly shot because we see them both from the front. So they're both facing the camera. Jules is standing, Val is sitting, and the dynamic, the sort of, the frame dynamic is really interesting. Val is looking towards the camera as she says, this is the most genuine thing I've ever felt. I don't want to give it up. And Jules is standing behind her and gives this sort of smile because she's happy that that's the response. She didn't want to give it up either. And she's happy that Val is saying, no, let's keep going. Right. And right now, nobody in Juliana's family knows about them. So Val for sure has more to lose in this situation. And that's why I think 
it's a sign of emotional maturity that Juliana is kind of deferring to her. Like, certainly she wants them to fight at this point, but she understands that she doesn't really have a dog in this fight yet. It's not her livelihood on the line. Just her heart. It's true. I think... Hmm. I mean, that's an interesting point. Okay. All right. I'll I'll concede that one. Then we go to a shot from this from of Val from the side in the foreground, and Jules sort of crouches down next to her. So now we've got them. The blocking and the framing in the scene is completely interesting and done very differently to anything else that we've seen so far, which I love. I love that it's so visually so interesting. Right. So to the podcast listeners, even if you just love Sheena and I so much that you want to hear what we have to say, this is why watching the show is important. We spend a lot of time describing not only, you know, the characters' emotions, but the scenes as well, because it is beautifully done. It's it's very artful, and everybody makes the argument that a lot of lesbian media doesn't have a ton of quality to it. So if you have ever made that qualm on Twitter or in your own head, this is a show that you should spend time and invest in watching because it, it really shows you what something can be visually yeah no absolutely the quality of the shooting and the lighting and stuff on this is actually really good for a tv show because tv doesn't have the high budgets of film and the cinematography legends that go typically in the film direction but you can do a lot of interesting things just with blocking which is exactly what this scene has done yeah and there's a lip bite if lip bites are your thing so episode whatever we're on 50 something we're keeping score at home Okay, but this this is oh this is one of my favorite moments. So there's this shot with the two of them, their faces really close to one another. Val's a little bit out of focus in the in the frame because what Jules is saying is more important right now. So we need to pay attention. And she says to Val, "Look at me." And then we cut away to a, a differently framed shot. Now we're intercutting between the two, and it's just their reactions and the whole thing is all cute and intimate and beautifully done. The looks, the pauses, the everything yeah and Juliana says if you're in I'm in you know she lets it be Valentina's choice because she has more to lose right now but she is very clear that she wants them to stay together and this is pinky swears belong to the gays like I've said this before (laughs) I don't make the rules it's just you know I think it became like a kind of a coded sign before things were really allowed or supported in being more overt but it has persisted over time and I just I absolutely love it Uh, so they decide to make a pact and they pinky swear on it that no one's gonna tear them apart and again it's just this incredibly sweet like moment of young love and innocence and you know but also these big complex feelings that they're dealing with this juxtaposition and the ability to weave them both into the narration I think is again what this show does really well because sometimes you're like yeah I think they are like 18 and 21 but sometimes you're like yeah they're soulmates and they have been colliding infinitely throughout the history of time to find one another again and again so you know that's just my take on the situation well, this is the thing about the story. Yes, they're young, but it's such a universal story. The story of forbidden love, uh, for for lack of a better, you know, way of putting it, this the secret love is better actually. This 
it's such a universal story and they're such lovable characters that it doesn't actually matter how old you are or how young you are, you're going to love this show. And, I mean, even on the show, like, everybody has some kind of forbidden love. And I think that that's also what the show does very well is juxtapose or parallel their relationship compared to all of the others. Ava is cheating on her husband with a hitman. That's uh, Valentina's sister. Or, yeah, Valentina's older sister. Guille has a secret relationship with somebody he works with. Juliana's mom and Panchito started out as, like, clandestine lovers. Everybody's got some kind of secret thing going on here. Just another small thing about the blocking of the scene. You can see film school coming at you. Jules is slightly elevated in comparison to Val. So Val is forced to kind of look up at her, but she's doing such a beautiful job of looking vulnerable while she's doing it. So the power dynamic in the scene is completely visible, right? In terms of who's feeling vulnerable right now and who's being supportive. Valentina looks like a sad little angel. That's all I have to say about that. And Jules is looking down at her slightly and, you know, she's a much more uh, stronger and more imposing figure in the in the shot. And my only argument is they should have kissed at the end of that. Because they have resolved that they're going to move forward together. It was a moment. I think that there should have been another kiss. I agree with that. I actually think that that's a very valid point. Yeah. And, you know, obviously... I want them to be together all the time, but I think it's important to make the distinction in the context of the show. When does it move the plot forward? And I think that that's what you would expect from two people who have just reaffirmed that they're going to travel down this hard road together. So yeah, little bit of a missed opportunity, not going to fault it overall, but I do think it's worth mentioning there um, because I think it could have been a really sweet, sincere moment for them. It's also a very couple thing to do, especially when you're a new right. a new couple. You are very physically affectionate with each other often, uh, especially them with all the touching and that like even in that scene, they were playing with each other's hair or holding each other's hands. A kiss would have been a very natural conclusion. So I agree with you. Yeah. And they just slept together for the first time the night before. Remember that, even though so much has happened and we all know what they went to the valet house to do. So, you know, I think when you're 18, very short reboundary on getting back into that when when you have the space to do it. So, yeah, at minimum, I think a kiss would have been warranted. But that's just me being picky because I've watched this so many times. So now we cut to university. They're sitting on the stairs. It's it's a funny shot because Sergio is sort of sitting towards the top. Then um, this chick, I don't know what her name is, is sitting in the middle there. And then Lucha is sitting sort of towards the bottom. So they're sitting in this kind of diagonal line across the stairs. And the two guys are still having this argument. And she's trying to figure out what what's going on between them. And so she mentions Valentina and then Lucha like blows up. Of course, it's not her. That's a stupid thing to say or something along those lines. And then Sergio gets up and leaves and she comes and sits next to Lucha and she's like, you'll see it won't be long until Valentina shows up with her new boyfriend. Now she's obviously trying to get him to commit to her. Yeah, I 
She is such... I don't want to speak ill of other women, <laughs> but I speak ill of everybody on the show that I don't like. Because um, that's what it means to be a true scholar of Juliantina. Um, she's such a bottom feeder. Oh my God. Like her and Lucho are perfect for each other because they're both garbage humans. I, every step of the way, you know, like we've mentioned it, it's off scene before Val and Juliana meet. So a lot of viewers probably haven't seen those scenes because they're not like widely distributed. But Lucho and this girl are having an affair. They've slept together. You know, he cheats on Val with her and she still like buddies up to Val and, you know, wants Juliana to make her a shirt and she wants to be like Valentina because she knows that Valentina is kind of the queen bee and obviously like resents it because Valentina doesn't really try that hard. Although if you understand Valentina, you know she's trying very hard without knowing it by living the life that other people want for her. But I don't know, like this character needs to exist, this girl, because it pushes the plot forward in uncomfortable ways. But, oh, man, I do not have a nice thing to say about her. What's interesting for me in this scene is Lucha looks at her at one point because she says, don't worry, a lot of girls want to be with you. You're valued. And he just gets kind of irritated with her. And he looks at her and then he sort of stands up and walks away. But the way he looks at her gives me the sense that he knows exactly what she wants, but he's just not interested. No, he'll use her for sex. But she is not up to the caliber of girlfriend that he is willing to publicly have on his arm. And I think it's as simple as that. Right. I know you uh, are not a huge Lucho fan, but I thought that was a, just a really well done scene from their perspective. Like mm -hmm. the acting in the show is good. You could see it just with his facial expression that that's where he was. You know, he didn't have to say anything. Absolutely. And I don't think you truly can hate a character without them being a good actor. So I completely, um, I forget his name, but the, the guy who plays Lucho, I think he played it so well. Yeah. The fact that I can't stand him is a testament to what a good job he does. You're 100% right, because people who can't act, you just kind of feel sorry for them, or you just feel like they're silly. Especially a character like him, who is constantly angry who's trying to manipulate who's like there's a fine line between just looking like an idiot and actually being the villain we we talk about the fact that maybe some people feel like lucho gets a redemption arc some people feel like they don't i think they could have made it work had they made him more vulnerable and more of a real person earlier on in the series but he doesn't have his own character arc outside of Valentina. And I think that that really limits what he's able to do. So from the perspective of the actor playing him, I actually thought, you know, he did a wonderful job drawing you in, given that he didn't have his own experiences to lean on. You don't know what his home life is like. You don't know what's expected of him. You know, he really is just there to push Valentina's experience forward in a way that, you know, all of the other characters have their backstory. So like when Juliana shuts down or she's upset or whatever, you feel for her and you understand her and you give more latitude for her to make those mistakes because you understand her more holistically as a person. And you just, you don't really have that with him. You see only his bad and because that's what the viewer sees. 
Absolutely. You're right. If they had given him, you know, an abusive father or a whatever, some sort of driving force, high expectations, be the man, son, it's your job to take over the family business, whatever it is. Yeah. It maybe doesn't, you know, forgive what he's done, but it, yeah, I think it definitely tempers a much more abject hatred of him. Absolutely. So we cut back to Jules and Val now. They're standing at like floor to ceiling windows. Very beautiful. Val is taking shots again. Oh, that's a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jules walks in. Val standing facing the window. She's got a tequila uh, shot in her hand. And Jules is objecting to the fact that she's drinking. Valentina says, I need to relax to make a decision. And Jules is pushing. She's saying, and you need to drink in order to make this, in order to relax. And then <laughs> the look, the look that Val gives her on that is just like, how would you describe that? It's a don't even go there look. <laughs> it's like a That's we're a- not. Well, and really, they're coming at it from such different positions. And I think that this is a strange scene to have right after the moment they had. Uh, you know, again, I think it would have better served for like one more kind of happy moment where they get to fall into a little bit of an ease of deciding they're moving forward with things. Because again, they've just affirmed that they want to be together in the previous scene that they were in together. And now they're kind of like already fighting again about this disagreement, which is Juliana doesn't drink, has never drunk. Her dad drinks and would be violent. And Valentina, it's accepted that she drinks and she does other drugs as well. And that's kind of how she copes with her life. But she has serious issues with them because, you know, she can't seem to to manage her feelings without alcohol specifically. So this is, you know, this is a really big conversation for them to have. Because for a while, Juliana was like enough for Valentina to to feel okay in this world again. And now she's not. So this is actually like a, a very, very big cornerstone of like what the issues in their relationship are. Wow, that's really deep. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Jules eventually just confronts her and says, you know, tell me what's going on. And Val's like, what do you mean, what is Lucio capable of? He can do anything. Did you not see how crazy he is? So she's sitting there fretting about what Lucio's going to do. I think we've all been in this moment where you know something bad is coming, but you don't know what it is. And how do you cope with something that you don't know what's coming necessarily? I mean, yeah, we. I think that that's, again, one of those universal emotions that you can extrapolate yeah because she knows he's crazy she's seen what he's can do can do at this point he's already wandered into her house and tried to like fight the chauffeur he tried to fight Juliana when he found them together um but yeah this is they've at this point they've decided to keep their relationship to themselves so that they can let it evolve outside of like the the bell jar mentality and I think I said this in the one of the very first uh, episodes we filmed but 
it's this idea of how are you supposed to become the person you're meant to be with everybody watching. And they made the choice to try and live outside of that for as long as they could and figure out how they felt about each other. And that's the crux of this, that other people know now and everything is going to change. And they don't know how it's going to change, but just there with that fact alone, you know that the world as they know it is never going to be the same. So I think Valentina's fear is warranted. I, you know, if you were a little older and maybe it had a little more therapy, you, you know, you would have coping tactics to, to deal with these situations. But yeah, they come up all the time in your life. And yeah, Valentina's just handling them the way Valentina knows. This is the first time they're having a fight that's like this, where Val is upset and I don't know how to describe this. It's the first of this kind of fight that they're having. Anyway, so Val is concerned that Lucia is going to go and tell everybody at school. That's obviously the first thing on her mind. And she's like, I hope he doesn't do that, but he could. He's going to do something. So she knows him well enough to know that he's a mean-spirited soul who's going to actually do something nasty to her. Yeah, and it's not, you know, you don't even have to call it a fight. This is their first conversation, not about them deciding to be together. It's about them talking about some external thing that's butting in. Uh, I don't know. I think this is, okay, maybe not a fight. This is a disagreement. Well, any conversation where you differ on how to handle it becomes a disagreement, by definition. They've just previously agreed in all of their conversations. <laughs> I'm not trying to argue semantics here. This is a tense conversation, is really yeah, my point. And they don't passion. generally have tense conversations. But also, I mean, even in the intensity, so the first time you watched this, because um, I think there's kind of this moment you get to, like, if you have a fight in a young relationship and you're kind of like, oh my God, are we going to break up? Because everything's so new and tenuous. And then you get to a point where like, you can just kind of fight with your partner if you need to fight. And then you're like, well, we're still going to be together. Like we have a house, we have dogs, we love each other. We're going to work through this. You know, it, it doesn't become like a make or break type deal. It's just a, you have to work through this thing and you've decided that you're both going to be willing to work through it. Um, so I, my question is like, when you saw this, did you worry that it could lead to a breakup or did you feel like they just needed to to hash this out and hear one another out on it it's an interesting question i don't actually remember mm. i don't know listeners write in and tell us what you felt when you when you and what your level of anxiety for their relationship was <laughs> But yeah, they've, they've very much been them against the world. And now it's them against one another is kind of the setup. So it, it definitely takes a, a jarring turn. I will completely acknowledge that. Whatever label we slap on what's happening between them. It's upsetting. Especially what happens next where mm. Jules says she wants to go home. And Val says, so we're not even going to enjoy the rest of the time we have left. And then she's like, are you serious? Which is actually hilarious because are you serious is a valism of note. She says it a lot in the show. I don't know if you've noticed that. She says everything's normal and she asks, are you serious? <laughs> I love her. You know I love her. I, have, I think I have spent weeks, you know, telling viewers and showing them how much I love Valentina. But like... 
she can be a little bit bratty. And that makes me love her even more because she's just like, what do you mean you're leaving? Like, we're, you're not leaving. We're not leaving, I think is like what's going on in her head because she's not used to people standing up to her. She also had this beautiful kind of romantic day at the house planned. And this has just gone to pot. She didn't even get her like, you know, follow up sex. What's a girl to do? Yeah, no. From the viewer's perspective, this hurts so badly because there was an expectation. So you're at like, you know, you're thinking zero is the baseline. You're at 100% going into this. And then you don't just go to zero. You go to negative 100 because they're (laughs) disagreeing or fighting or whatever. And that was not what was supposed to happen. Absolutely, because it started off all romantic. They were kissing in the kitchen then, and bam, Lucio got in the way. And yeah, and I want to I wanna talk about that. I think it's the next scene. We can finish this scene, but I really want to talk about the juxtaposition of the next scene, because they do it so well. So now, so Val says, are we not going to finish the day here kind of thing? And then Jules turns around and says, Val, we're not even enjoying it. Like... Have a reality check, right? You're standing around drinking. I'm watching you drink and getting irritated with you. And we're sort of starting to argue. How is this even vaguely romantic? This is the undertones of what's happening here. There's a moment where Val sort of bites her lip in a kind of a like contemplative way. And then she gets irritated, walks out and says, perfect, I'll get Illyrio. We end it in that scene on Jules standing there looking, watching as Val sort of leaves, looking a little frustrated because that's I don't think that's how she intended the conversation to go necessarily. I think she just was trying to shake Val out of this space she was in. Yeah. I don't think Juliana has necessarily processed the the depth of how scared Valentina is to go down this path. And I, you know, it's something that's so new to both of them uh, that they're saying they want to do it. But saying you want to do it and doing it are two completely different things. And that's what they're going to butt up against in the, the last third of the, of the show as a couple together. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about what you wanted to talk about? Or do you? It's the next scene. I, I forgot about this scene with Ava, which we can like talk about. But also we can just tell viewers Lucho, being a little pissant, comes to Ava's office and outs Valentina. And that's pretty much what happens. Yeah. He runs there like a little, oh my God, like right away. That's the first place he goes. And, you know, say what you want. It does mean he knows Val to a certain extent because Ava is the single worst person that Lucho could tell. You know, he doesn't out her to classmates because that embarrasses him. He wants Ava to go take care of it privately so that none of this ever has to get out. Ava can't believe it when he's telling her. And his theory is that Jules took advantage of Val in in Val's state of depression after her father died. Mm-hmm. Totally playing on, like class issues and that Valentina was vulnerable after the death of her dad and it's so Ava says I'm always fixing the scandals in my family and again this is so a viewer wouldn't know this if you're not watching the whole show and you're just watching the Valen Juliana scenes 
Ava is having an affair with a hitman. She's cheating on Mateo, the nicest man in the world, and tied for the first nicest man on the show. And it, the hypocrisy. I mean, she's just, and she's very, I actually, I like Ava. <laughs> Let me clarify that. I think she's more complex than people give her credit for. But she is so narcissistic there when it's like, this is happening to me, these scandals in my family that I have to fix. You know, not once does she stop and consider how Valentina must be feeling, whether she's confused or what's going on and just thinking about like talking to her about it. She's like, no, this is a problem that I have to solve by telling Valentina what to do and making sure that she doesn't like mess up the optics for the family anymore. She's a charmer. And they, they try to sort of show us why she is the way she is, but even that I'm not convinced is enough of a reason to have gone all this way. But anyway, that's a whole nother debate. So now we go back to Jules and Val. Illyria has pulled the car in, in front of the house and they're about to leave. And Val is walking in front of Jules. Jules stops her and says, do you understand why we have to leave? Mm. Convincing. <laughs> See, that's what I mean about, like, the brattiness. So uh, so we watched about half a second of the show before we had to pause it so we could talk about this because all she does is say, mm-hmm. But she says it in a way that she's obviously not on board, but that's the response that she can give to Juliana. But it is just so perfectly done. And it's like, yeah, she she doesn't want to fight about it, but she doesn't agree with it. So that's the middle ground that she has settled on. It's so well played. It is. Her lips are pressed tightly together. It's one of those moments where, and I think we've all had them, where you don't agree with what the person is saying, but you really don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> you just want to go. And Jules doesn't for a second believe Val. And so they get in the car. It's difficult, though, because from Jules' perspective, she doesn't have any control over this particular situation. Yeah. And this is the scene I wanted to talk about. So this is where they are in the back of the car together. And look at the parallels of how different it is than all of the other car scenes that they've had. It's a visual representation of how things are starting to fracture and how people are literally coming in between them in every other scene in the back of the car, whether it was ones prior to this day or on the way in the morning. They were sitting both in the middle. <laughs> which like neither of them were in a seat. They both shared half of the middle seat and then kind of spilled out over onto their respective side seats. Their, their legs were always touching. They were always holding hands with one another. And in this scene, Juliana is doing her part and she's sitting in the seat that she always sits in. But Valentina is over against the door of the car with her elbow up, staring out the window, her body closed off from the conversation. And I think they just, it's such a good parallel to draw on how much things have changed between them in just a few short hours. Absolutely. Jules is facing just slightly away from Val versus Val's entire body is shifted away from Jules. And Val gets a phone call. It's Ava saying, you need to come home. I want to talk to you. Val looks really upset, puts the phone down, and then tells Jules. Ava already knows. Oh, shit, man. Val's obviously devastated. And then, oh, the scene, the scene makes me want to cry. So this conversation now, they're outside where Jules is staying. They're dropping Jules off, and 
Val is not happy. She's like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be going through this right now. And she's fidgety and she's struggling to look Jules in the eye properly. And it's just, it's, it's an, she's feeling really uncomfortable and really unhappy. Yeah, she's incredibly upset because she is terrified of Ava and knows that she has to go home to deal with this and knows that she has to do it alone. But I do like that it kind of propels her back into this willingness to be honest, uh, even if what she's proposing isn't really possible, which is that they run away together. But they do take a moment to kind of reaffirm that they still deeply care about one another and want to be together. So for those of you who've watched ahead and know what's coming, I just want to say this scene, juxtaposed to when Jules's mom finds out and the scene in the park thereafter, makes me really angry with Jules because of the way she's handling it here and she's all like, I don't want to distance myself from you either, but I don't want to keep hiding. And remember our promise to each other. And Valentina's honest. She says she's panicking that things are getting complicated, which they absolutely are. And Juliana wants to, you know, just again, this idea of like reaffirming, we knew that this was going to be difficult. And, you know, Valentina back like a tennis match with another fair point that they thought they were going to have more time to figure this out. And I think that that's completely fair because Valentina's getting thrown into the fire of having to deal with her family knowing and her ex-boyfriend knowing uh, in a way that Juliana doesn't need to. And I think, you know, to your point, Sheena, about what's going to come later, that's a little bit where Juliana's bravado is able to come from right now. She has dealt with some very difficult situations in her life. And I think that she thinks she knows when push comes to shove how she would handle something. But given that she's never handled this type of situation before, I think she's over presumptive in what she would do. And she's projecting that on to, to Val a little bit. Because she wants that to be what Val does and she wants to hype her up and give her support. But I think in this moment, she does think that that's really what she would do if it came down to it, which we'll, you know, find out later isn't exactly the case. I mean, that's a fair point. But I also think that she was just an asshole later. (laughs) She says the one thing and then she goes and does the exact opposite. And that just made me very irritated with her. Well, you will we'll get some very unfiltered emotions from me because, yeah, those scenes are the ones that I watch the least. So I've only seen them a couple of times. Whereas, you know, with the happy moments, I can tell you like every facial feature and every camera angle. Yeah. So. Oh, God, that makes me sad. That makes my heart hurt. There's still so much for them to go through. Yeah, no. We're just starting to scratch the surface of all the things that are going to happen to them. Yeah. But Jules is saying, when you're with your sister, remember our pact. And that's her thing. It's just, you know, keep thinking about the happy ending we're going to get at the end of this. And then Val just starts crying. And then she buries her face in Jules. And I completely get that. Yeah. She's absolutely overwhelmed and she has to go home and has to deal with this so jules comes walking past her mother and panchito now and 
mom and Panchito are, I don't know, having some discussion about something. And Jules looks upset. Her mother's like, what's wrong? Jules is like, nothing, but obviously something's wrong. Like a teenager. <laughs> I think I need an emotional break. Yeah, are we going to stop there for today? I, I think I think so. I think I need to just not. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.